to Stand Forever, the podcast based on the truth that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Stand Forever originated from the First Baptist Church in Kearney, Missouri, just outside of Kansas City. Our teacher is Ken Parker, the church's senior pastor. Now for today's teaching, here's Ken. So what really happened at Christmas? Paul David Tripp answers that question this way. Speaking of Jesus, he writes, He would do in grace what the law could never do. He would do in grace what we could never do for ourselves. He would do what philosophers could never conceive, what leaders could never strategize, and what poets could never imagine. He would offer the only thing that would ever address the need and solve the problem. He himself would become the greatest, most costly, most transformational gift ever. That's true, isn't it? The greatest, most costly, most transformational gift ever is Jesus. That above all is what we should be remembering these days as we prepare for Christmas. So take a moment along with me and forget about some of the family hassles. Can I get a witness? Forget about the negatives in government Forget about the upcoming election this next year. Forget about whatever it is that might keep you from focusing on the truths of Jesus. There are some things, brothers and sisters, that we need to remember. So for one more week, we find ourselves in the book of 1 John at Christmas as we contemplate a Christmas to remember. This is the third installment in our series. 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, will be our text again. I'll invite you to stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Thank you so much. You may be seated. The last couple times that we were together on Sunday mornings, we spoke about some things that we need to remember. So let's take just a moment and review. We noted at Christmas we remember the sinless life of Jesus. We remember Jesus provides forgiveness from sin. We remember that prophecy is fulfilled. We remember the truth that God is for us. We remember the eternality of Jesus. We remember our fellowship made possible through Jesus. And at Christmas, we remember joy. So what are some other things that we need to remember at Christmas? First of all, I want you to recognize at Christmas, 
we remember and proclaim the message from Jesus. Verse 5, back in 1 John chapter 1, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light. You know this. You've experienced something of his holiness. In him, there is in fact no darkness at all. Light represents what is good and holy and true. Darkness in Scripture is representative of what is bad and evil and false. Think of all the negative images of darkness and the contrasting positive images of light. When John affirms that God is light, he is recalling an idea whose lineage begins early in the Old Testament. God's presence as fire, you may recall, illuminates the way for the Israelites to travel in the desert. When God spoke to Moses, remember he spoke through a burning bush In addition to heat, there would most certainly have been some light. God's working among his people is described as bringing light and eliminating darkness. Above all, what is light? Light is, in many ways, the great revealer. Kids hide in the dark, not in the light. Light shows reality. A dark room can look okay, but what happens when you flip the light switch? The imperfections, as we say, are what? They're brought to light. In light, there is security. And nowhere else in the universe is this any more important than in the light that God gives his creation. Light unveils our spiritual identity. When the light points out a growing edge, listen carefully, don't blame the light. Have you ever heard a recording of your voice? Now, I'll tell you guys, unlike you, I don't sound anything in real life like I sound in a recording. My voice is much better in person. And we all think that about our voices, right? Now, you know that's not true. We sound like we hear from the recording. But haven't you said sometimes, as an example, that that picture, that doesn't look a thing like me. Or that recording doesn't sound like me. I've got some bad news for you. It looks like you and it sounds like you deal with it. How many of us at some point have looked in the mirror and said, well, that's not a true reflection, like it's the mirror's fault. And then in just a couple of weeks, a lot of people are going to stand on a scale and engage in a debate. This can't be right. Let me give you a newsflash. Your scale is not out to get you. It's an inanimate object it, uh, it doesn't have a conscious. It's not trying to pick a fight with you. It's just sharing the number. <laughs> so to the point, even as we talk about what the light reveals, let me encourage you, my brothers and sisters, be sensitive even this morning to God and what his light reveals in your heart. God's light to us is revealed in the written word that is the Bible. When we read it, and uh, at times it gets under our skin, sometimes it challenges us to change. Listen carefully. Don't blame the light. Do something to change what needs to be changed. Remember, God is perfection. God is totally righteous. The Bible says about God, in Him there is no darkness at all. That simply emphasizes God's holiness and God's goodness. And here's a beautiful thought. We've been made aware of God's goodness, God's holiness, God's salvation that He offers to us. How beautiful is that? So at Christmas time, 
I'm drawn oftentimes to a couple of stories in particular, but I want to share one from Luke chapter 2. If you want to turn there, the gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to begin our reading with verse 22, and I trust this is some familiar real estate for us. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him, they're speaking about the baby Jesus, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, verse 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel." And the father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. What was Simeon saying? What is that all about? He was saying because of what God had revealed to him, he was saying because the light that God the Father was giving to him, he was saying he could die in peace. He could depart in peace. Listen, Simeon was blessed to have been given the knowledge he was given about the light. Now listen even more closely. So are we. So are we. So at Christmas, we remember and proclaim the message from Jesus. Secondly, this morning, I want you to recognize at Christmas, we remember God's light. We remember God's light. Back to 1 John chapter 1, and we'll read beginning with verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness... We lie and do not practice the truth, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Oftentimes, you've heard people say they are enlightened. It's meant to be, oftentimes anyway, demeaning toward other people. In other words, they think they know more than other people might know. And the reason that's the case is because they might think that they somehow deserve the knowledge they've been given or that the knowledge they possess somehow makes them superior to other people. Well, listen carefully. I know this is going to sound arrogant, but the reality is Christians, Christians are truly the most enlightened people in all the world. Now, my unbelieving friends would say that's full-on arrogance to say it that way, but it's not. It's not because we readily admit we've done absolutely nothing to deserve the light in which we're walking. It's all a gift from the hand of God. So at Christmas, we can celebrate that we have the joyful privilege of walking in the light. We remember God's light. We can know the truth, and the truth can set us free. If you've trusted Jesus, listen carefully, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're free. Did you hear me? You're free. Real freedom is the point of grace. People sometimes ask me, do you believe in miracles? You bet. In fact, grace is a miracle. 
an anonymous writer said, a miracle is something extraordinary that happens without any strings attached. That's God's grace. You can't earn it and you don't deserve it. Neither do I. No strings attached. People, and I know that it's this way in our culture, people think they have to do something. We live in a pull yourself, at least I used to live in a culture that said pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's because we finally recognize that we're not perfect and we cannot save ourselves. That's when we experience God's grace. I, I don't need to know your sin. In fact, I don't want to know your sin because then you might want me to tell you mine. And you're a whole lot worse than I am. It's a joke, people. The point is, it's liberating to be confessed up before God. If you ask me about certain sins in my life, I'd say, yeah. But I'm telling you, it's liberating to own that and to live and to walk in freedom. When you walk in forgiveness, you're real. When you walk in the joy of Jesus as a cleansed person, it is so freeing. Authenticity is what we need to model as followers of Jesus. We cannot live like an unbeliever and experience victory. We're supposed to be walking in the light, after all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, but walk in the darkness, we're lying to others, we're lying to ourselves, and we're lying ultimately to God. Now, you know as well as I do, there's a whole group of people in our culture these days that purport to be Christian or godly or righteous, and they say things like, of course I'm a follower of Jesus, but you know, there's some things here in the Bible that I, I, I just can't go there. They're not walking in the light. If they're not walking in the light, it begs the question, did they ever experience the light in the first place? If we claim to have fellowship with Him but walk in darkness, we're lying. And because of what happened at Christmas and subsequently because of what happened at Calvary, we can be forgiven and walk in the light. And we need to remember that. Grace is a gift. We don't earn it. But grace does change us. But here's the thing. Don't just act a certain way. Christians aren't, aren't supposed to just act a certain way. Allow Christ to transform you to actually be a certain way. Be a certain way. Christianity is not about acting. It's about being. We're transformed by Jesus. So we need honesty. We need honesty, even if it's painful. I told you before about uh, the two brothers who had terrorized a small town for decades. They were terrible men. They were abusive. They were mean. And they were cheaters in their business. Unexpectedly, the younger brother died, and the surviving brother went to the pastor of the local church. He said, I want you to conduct my brother's funeral, but it's important that during the service, you tell everybody there that my brother was a saint. But he's far from being a saint, the pastor replied. The wealthy brother pulled out his checkbook. Reverend, I'm prepared to give $100,000 to your church. All I'm asking is that you publicly state that my brother was a saint. On the day of the funeral, the pastor began the eulogy. Everyone here knows that the deceased was a wicked man, a womanizer, a thief, and a drunk. He terrorized his employees, and he cheated on his taxes. And then he paused for a moment. But as evil and sinful as this man was, compared to his brother... He 
he was a saint. <laughs> At Christmas, we remember and proclaim the message from Jesus. At Christmas, we remember God's light. Thirdly and finally, at Christmas, we remember victory over sin and evil. Verse 9, back in our text, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. This whole pericope, at least in large part, is about victory. The victory of Jesus over death and over hell and over sin and over evil. We can have victory over the same things because of Jesus. Now, I know I live in the same world you guys do. I know at times it looks as if the devil wins, but ultimately he doesn't. We have victory through Jesus. I love Jesus for a lot of reasons. I see the change that he's brought in my own life and is bringing in my own life. Jesus literally changed my heart, and he's still changing my heart. Each day, I want to be molded more and more into his image. I see the work of grace in lives of people all around me. Once we come to Christ, we're not perfect. We're still a work in progress, what we refer to as sanctification. We're being changed, but we are changed, and that's a continual, lifelong process that begins when we begin following Jesus. If someone says they believe in Jesus, but they've never changed, they didn't get it. When Jesus becomes your Savior, He takes over. And anytime a new regime takes over, things change. You're not defined by your sin any longer. That's the real gift of Christmas. I share often about the reality of evil at work in our world. Some of you guys are up against it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need help. And the truth is, for some of us, nothing short of divine intervention is going to rescue us from the messes that we're facing. I want you to know, regardless of how unsophisticated this sounds, and I know how it sounds, I want you to know the devil, and we believe in a real devil, a real evil being, the personification of evil, the devil is out to destroy you. He hates you. He hates your family. He hates everything good that's a part of your life. And he'll do everything in his power to mess it all up for you. And make no mistake, even as we talk about this, the devil is powerful. He's a force with which to be reckoned. But, but, even as John, the beloved and aged apostle, reminds us, In 1 John 4, 4, he who is in you is greater, is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That ought to make a Baptist dance. Amen? Listen, Jesus is greater than your sin. Jesus is greater than all of your heartache. Jesus is greater than your critic. Jesus is greater, far greater than all of your disappointments. Jesus is greater than anything and everything that you will ever be up against. Listen carefully to me. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Steve Brown tells the story about visiting a church in the Philippines, nestled back in the mountains, and this is what he writes. He said, as we made the long journey to the church, I really didn't expect to find very many people there or a very exciting ministry. 
when we drove up to the church, however, it was difficult to get past the large crowd of people standing in the streets trying to get into the church house. After the service, I asked the young pastor about the great and excited crowd, and he told me that two weeks before, just two weeks before, there had been a woman in the village who, through involvement with the occult, had become possessed by a demon. Everything had been tried to help her. The local witch doctor had been called, and he spent days trying to deal with the satanic power at work in her life. The woman's family was frantic and had nowhere else to turn but to the pastor of that local church. And he told me that he and some other leaders had gone in the power of Jesus and met with the woman and rebuked Satan and prayed for her. And the people in the village had started coming to the church in droves because they had seen the power of God. I asked him what happened when he went to see the woman. I will never forget his answer. He said, Jesus won. Satan lost. Jesus won. Satan lost lost. Listen to me, whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever heartache, pain, turmoil, sin, disappointment, criticism, besetting sin, whatever it is, Jesus won and Satan lost. Of all that we remember, let's remember that at Christmas. You've been listening to Stand Forever with Ken Parker. Thank you for taking the time to join us. If you'd like to correspond with us, feel free to email from the contact information found on our church website, www.carneyfbc.com, or write to us at Stand Forever, 303 South Grove Street, Kearney, Missouri, 64060.